Hi, hello, welcome to the episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is April 21st, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits with high hopes. As for me, I'm doing pretty good, pretty well. Not too much to report between the last episode and today. It's been a pretty cool Friday. Literally, it's it's cooled down a little bit, sadly. It's in like the 60s and rainy, cloudy. Uh, luckily, no meatballs. But um, yeah, I uh, definitely was like thinking at the top of the day, I'm like, so what am I going to wear? I know it's not shorts. Okay. So I was like, all right, let's wear some like, you know, some joggers and a shirt. And I should have wore a jacket, but I was maybe a little too prideful. I don't know. So we went without it. Uh, but yeah, it was a little bit, bit nippy, eh? Um, but overall, it was a good day. Let's see, food corner. I decided that I was gonna get a little little Caesar's pizza. I got the pretzel crust pizza, pepperoni with crazy bread and the cheese sauce. And ooh, yeah, that's related. That's a little Caesar's related burp. Yeah, it ooh, it was too much. I did a little too much damage to myself, but I gotta say, it was yummy. So you know, shots little C's, not disappointing. Uh, that being said. Yeah, I decided I already drank. I was like, I'm not I'm not doing that no more. We're we're on a water diet for the rest of the night. Uh so yeah, that being said, not much else to talk about on the personal end. So we can go ahead and get into some news. Uh, let's start with an update uh, on the conflict going on in Sudan between the army and uh the RSF rapid support forces. Uh from Al Jazeera. Sudan updates. Fighting continues in Khartoum despite truce. Uh, so this has been fighting, you know, going along uh, not just Khartoum, but also I believe Darfur. Uh, there has been calls for ceasefire. <clears throat> there was one 24-hour ceasefire that was called for. It was agreed upon, but it was reported that it really wasn't held to, and the fighting just got I think, like, worse and worse as time went on uh, throughout said ceasefire. This one is a three-day ceasefire proposal. Uh, Sudan's army declares a three-day truce during the Muslim festival of uh, Eid al-Fatir, hours after its adversary, the Rapid Support Forces, said it would observe a 72-hour ceasefire. Witnesses can, said fighting continued in the capital, Khartoum, after the army announcement. Uh, let's see. The World Health Organization says at least 413 people have been killed and more than 3,500 have been injured since fighting broke out last week between the army and the RSF. Uh, let's see. Also, another thing, a lot of people are just stuck right now. So... You can't leave your home because there's just uh, it, everything is just there's just violence. There's just literally shooting, shooting, shooting between these two factions, and it's nonstop. And if you go out and you get caught in the crossfire, there's nothing you can do. You're just a you know potential casualty. So there are people hiding in their homes. I've heard stories of people like held up in like schools, things of that nature. So it's definitely rough on the people. Also, that Sudan is an area that's already struggling. And this is just adding to that, you know, stress in every kind of, you know, sense of the way. So, you know, in terms of getting aid, that's impossible right now. 
Um, you know, people need food, water, things of that nature. So it's definitely making a bad situation worse. Um, and I mean, it all remains to be seen that, you know, when this all settles, uh, you know, will the conversation of democracy, you know, giving power back to the people actually be on the table? Or is this going to be another extension of the army's power or the RSFs? You know, who knows? Let's see. And some other news. We're actually going back to the States. Uh, the Associated Press. A secret Chinese police station in New York leads to arrest. So I did not expect uh, this little CCP NYPD blue crossover, uh, but it happened. Uh, let's see. Two men were arrested Monday on charges that they helped establish a secret police station in New York City on behalf of the Chinese government. And about three dozen officers with China National Police Force were charged with using social media to harass dissidents inside the United States, authorities said Monday. Um, so uh, essentially, these guys were more or less operatives. Now, they say that and I've heard it worded as like this is a police outpost, a secret police outpost. Uh, but it was supposed to be a center that was supposed to be like helping people out like Chinese citizens are supposed to be able to like you get here, you can get resources, you can get help if you need it. But essentially they were, um, you know, exchanging messages back and forth. They were also, you know, encouraging dissidents to like come home to Beijing and face charges, things of that nature. So uh, the FBI cracked down on them. Uh, kind of a bit of a bing bada bada boom. Uh, let's see. They do have the guys' names. We're going to go ahead and run that. Let me find them. Uh, the men identified as Harry Lu Jian Wang, Jian Wang, uh, 61, of the Bronx, and Jin Jinping, 59, of Manhattan, both U.S. citizens, uh, are, are were arrested at their homes on Monday morning. The lawyer for Lou declined comment. An email message seeking comment was left with the lawyer for Chen. Um, uh, at no point did the men register with the department as agents of a foreign government, so they weren't official about it. It's like, to me, this is just spy shit. So I feel like they're kind of trying to make this like more so, you know, as an article. I mean, maybe that's just me overreading the spin. I don't know. Uh, let's see, we can read a quote from Anthony Breon Peace. New York City is home to New York's finest, NYPD. Uh, da, 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 da. we don't need or want a secret police station in our great city. I mean, I would say that New York probably needs all the help they can fucking get. Their garages can't even stay up. Oh, and since we're back in New York, actually, since we're back in the New York groove, uh, I forgot to mention that Digidogs are fucking back. Oof, oof, arf, arf, like, sparks bork. <laughs> they have a new look. They don't look cooler. They look, like, squattier. Like, I don't know. And they're called Digidogs, as opposed to Robodogs. I don't know. Um, people don't like them. They were used in the garage thing to, I think, like, do some, like, damage assessment, check areas and stuff. 
Uh, so, I mean, that's honestly, I'm going to geek out and say that's kind of fucking neat. But this is kind of goes to show like y'all don't even have the manpower right now to, to control your whole city. Um, they do go through some other situations of like kind of like Chinese espionage, kind of a bit of like the pressure campaign shit. Um, some other, you know, things that they did, but it's unrelated to the New York thing. So by all means, feel free to go and read that if you like. I, I did find this interesting. Um, I don't know. I, I, I the next article is also a, a Chinese thing. So we're, we're moving actually back to China, mainland stuff. Uh, let's go ahead and read it and I'll get to my final thoughts on this before we move on. Uh, from The Guardian, 12 people arrested over Beijing hospital fire that killed 29 Director of Changfeng Hospital among those detained after deadliest fire in China's capital since 2002. Uh, I think the last fire we covered was like from like the COVID thing. I can't remember where it was. It wasn't a hospital, but I remember that was a you know pretty big deal. But it didn't even have these kind of numbers. Uh, let's see. Chinese authorities have said they have detained a dozen people over a hospital fire. That left at least 29 dead and forced uh, desperate survivors to jump out of windows to escape. Uh, the fire, which broke out on Tuesday afternoon at Qingfeng Hospital in China's capital, killed mostly patients and left scores of other people injured. Footage posted to social media showed people clinging to ropes and jumping from the building while others perched on external air conditioning units in a desperate attempt to shelter from the flames. Uh, also, it was reported, I believe, from the BBC. They kind of worded it, and I think they kind of got on it maybe earlier or what have you, I'm not sure. Uh, but they were saying, like, oh, well, like China kind of suppressed the information. They held, um, like, the press from making any comment for a few hours on this, and... I think they said that they were trying to, like, regulate the social media, yada, 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 which, you know, that's totally possible. I will say in this article that wasn't mentioned, and I kind of like that it's not mentioned because it's more or less focused on, you know, the people. Uh, a lot of how China does things is always put under a hyper focus, and that's fair. I mean, I, a lot of what I do is I read a thing, I talk about it, I see where that area is at, and I want to talk about how they kind of do this or how they do that from what I know, from what I've experienced, learned, whatever. Um, so I, I get the idea of saying, hey, you know, it is fucked up to do any kind of suppression of this shit. You should, you know, let news be news. But at the same time, in America, and not that The Guardian is American, it's not, but in America, we have our own way of, suppressing things covering things up not talking about a story whatever and that's just the way that it is so it is weird when it's brought up by the bbc it's like well, why did you bring it up that way i don't know um food for thought i suppose but at the same time i do like um you know learning about that i think it's important so i don't know i'm kind of torn there i guess uh i don't know so sometimes i'm just thinking out loud y'all forgive me um let's see Fing Tai's district deputy mayor expressed his deep condolences over the deaths of 16 women and 13 men killed in the fire, the deadliest in Beijing in more than two decades. We feel deep remorse and guilt. Li Zhang Zhuang, 
told journalists as he announced the toll at a press conference on Wednesday. Uh, yeah, so that was a really sad thing that happened. Once again, there's more kind of extra stuff that you can go through and read, of course. But I kind of want to talk about some uh, state politics stuff. And uh, we're, we're talking about lawmakers, <laughs> which is become a weird theme, I guess, of uh, the late latest news cycles. Um, but this was interesting. It is a bit about uh, the Tennessee Three, but not. <laughs> uh, let's go ahead and just read. We'll get into it. I got this from the Jezebel, but this is also, I believe, Channel News 5 was like the um, local news that covered this from Tennessee. But lawmaker who voted to eject Tennessee Three resigns after sexually harassing intern. On Thursday afternoon, a bipartisan ethics committee in the Tennessee legislature found that Republican Representative Scotty Campbell officially violated the chamber's sexual harassment policy. He resigned shortly after, thereafter, um, according to Channel News Channel 5, just two weeks ago. Uh, Campbell made headlines for condemning three of his fellow state lawmakers for breaking decorum while protesting for gun control laws. After voting to remove all three from their positions early in early April, uh, let's see, he had told news channel WCYB, if you were in court and behaved like those three did, you would have been found in contempt of court. Well, needless to say, this guy, 39 years old, by the way, was trying to message a intern who was 19 years old. And I guess he, um, let's see, uh, according to an email from the 19-year-old victim provided by a family member after she and a fellow intern entered their apartment building. I think it, they lived in, like, the same apartment, like, complex, I believe. Um, ugh, let's just read a little bit more. But he was, like, trying to talk to her. Like, he would send her, like, I guess, texts or emails. Uh, but he would make comments about how he was in his apartment imagining that we were performing sexual acts on one another. So her and I guess a fellow intern, um, he also offered her weed gummies and told her how lonely he was despite her insistence that he stopped. Now, um, I can read more. There's no need you can tell this guy's a fucking creep. But here's his response after he's confronted about this, but from Chance, Chance, uh, News Channel 5. Uh, he responds with, um, I had consensual adult conversations with two adults off property, inadvertently revealing that a second person, presumably also an intern, had registered a complaint about his behavior. So he already like fucking snitches on himself here. Also, dude, it's so bad. Like you don't even need a lie detector if you watch this like footage. He literally does like the comic like big gulp. Like he asks like, hey, can you give me like five seconds to like respond? <laughs> like he's so, he just wasn't prepared. But like this, this is a known thing, by the way. Like the Republican party, everyone knew that this was an, an investigation on this guy. And then it took the news channel confronting him about it. And that's when he goes, oh, shit. Like, and he just realizes that, you know, writing's on the wall. I should, you know, get out of this job. <laughs> um, 
So it's just fucking gross, and it's a fucking shame that three people who were really trying to actually put some legislation up that was going to help, you know, their constituents, you know, got literally, two of them got expelled. Meanwhile, this guy, nothing. He literally gets to resign. You know what I mean? They weren't going to do anything. They just told him, like, yo, yeah, you're, you're done, dude. Like, they didn't actually make a record of it or anything like that. Like, they just whipped him out of there. <laughs> um, which is, it, it's still fucked up. Like, obviously, good. Good that this guy's out of a job. It's fucking disgusting. But we talked about this on the podcast, how, like, literally... There were other people who have done sick, depraved, disgusting shit. Even, like, one fucking Republican representative peeing in another person's chair. Like, what the fuck is going on? Like, and it's just allowed. But no, if you want to talk about some shit that we don't, like, you want to talk about some gun legislation? <laughs> no, gavel. Like, know your role. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's some ugly shit. Uh, it's really frustrating, but I am glad that, you know, dude's out there, one less motherfucker to worry about, but I mean, I'm sure he's just gonna re get replaced by another conservative motherfucker who's just gonna tell the line, whatever. Um, the last story that we have is out of Montana. I'm gonna take my classic little break, and then we'll close this out. Let's see here. Good old Ohio water. Yummy. <laughs> Actually, I mean, so far, it's not that bad. Not that bad. Um, <laughs> the Associated Press. Montana transgender lawmaker silenced. What to know? Um, so, in a very reminiscent story to the Tennessee Three, um, ooh, uh, this is a situation that's going on in Montana. Uh, the latest high-profile example of state legislation, state legislative leadership deciding who can be heard during state house debates is playing out in Montana, where a transgender lawmaker was silenced by Republican leaders for a second day Friday. So, Zoe Zephyr, she spoke out and she said that. Um, the Republican lawmakers are going to have blood on their hands uh, if they passed uh, a ban on gender-affirming health care. Essentially saying that to the effect that this is literally going to have negative effects on trans children, and it is going, like, what are they going to do? Like, um, and it's not just the trans youth. Like, I know that a lot of the focus is on kids. I think that's done by a lot of, you know, conservative voices because if you focus on the kids and you try to make it like, they're trying to convert the kids and pervert them and blah, 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 and groom them. Like, they use all this verbiage. And then all of a sudden, it's like, oh, yeah, you are trying to, like, confuse my child. But, like, really, we're talking about young adults up to, and not to mention, too, even if you are a kid who has, you know, this desire to, you know, change who you are, that should not be considered a bad thing. Like, that's crazy to me. That there are people who get upset about that. That they're like, that's not my, not my child, not mine. Like, okay, 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 buddy. But 
for making this remark, uh, and I think they were like getting done with their prayer, so this like really hit them. It really was like an uppercut. They decided to misgender Zoe, and you know, essentially using the wrong pronouns to address her. They used it also in the letter, and they did it in a tweet, um, which goes par, par for the course for the for these lawmakers because they literally want this kind of law to be like, oh, you can't bully, unless you are actively bullying someone with misgendering them, it shouldn't be a problem. It should just be totally allowed. And it's crazy that that rhetoric has become a norm now. Like if you go on Twitter, which is a fucking hellscape, they've literally now um, take, like, taken off the rule that like if you dead name people and things of that nature, you could get your account suspended. Uh, in Elon's world, who cares, right? That it's freedom of speech. Fucking god damn it. We'll we'll be talking about Elon though in um, some later episodes for sure. Um, but um, not this day. That being said, um, they have uh, what is this? I forget what the chair is. A little. They have a little like a leadership caucus of these Republicans. Uh, Montana. No, that's not what I'm looking for. The name of this fucking group. Uh, but essentially, they said, oh, well, we want to censor you, which is something I had referenced once again in the Tennessee thing, where it's like, look, I can understand you guys being upset here, but you do have an option here. There are levels of power that you can pull before you say, oh, expulsion. You could go through a censor. So essentially saying, hey, you can't speak. We are going to reprimand you, and you now have to apologize, and until you do... You can't function in this this body. Like you're gonna like you're gonna have to work this out, and they haven't necessarily um, gone through with it. But it's like this soft thing. So they're playing this a lot more coy than let's say the Tennessee Republican lawmakers. But that being said, um, this uh, you know representative Zoe, she's not able to speak. Literally not able to speak, and that's ridiculous. Uh, let's see, the 34-year-old is from the left-leaning college, uh, town Missoula, where she's been a staffer at the University of Montana. She spent most of her life advocating for LGBTQ plus rights and worked behind the scenes during the 2021 legislative session to help block efforts to ban gender-affirming healthcare. So... Once again, I know I said the youth thing, but, like, this is just general. Like, she's really trying to, you know, not just stick up for herself, but I do believe there's also constituents that she is representing. It, you know, is just something that I think is a good thing to see. Someone who has come up from the bottom said, hey, I want to be a part of the system and make a change. And they are doing their best to do that. They are just calling out shit as they see it. And um, to get this kind of backlash and, and to also mind you, like I said, these people who are misnaming her, misgendering her, like they don't care. They don't get any fucking penalty. They're considered in the right for doing this shit. And that's fucked up to me. That to me is more so fucked up than her flipping some verbiage on on them like there's gonna be blood on your hands because there is like <laughs> if you can't handle that, if that curdles you, then just think about it then like i don't know i don't i don't get it um the our article does go on to reference other states that are making moves like florida uh 
once again, Tennessee. Uh, I mean, it's it's a shame. It's it's just this conservative wave of thinking and just pushing the button on these cultural issues to just try to villainize these people who can't defend themselves. And then you push these people into situations and then you go, oh my gosh, I can't believe these people are snapping and doing this or that or the third. It's like, yo, this is literally a situation where like we are cause we are literally causing the mental issues for these people. And then saying, oh, it's mental issues. That's the reason. Da, 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 da. Uh, this shit is, it's, it's gross. It's upsetting. And, um, people like Zephyr shouldn't be villainized for standing up for themselves, for standing up for people like themselves. Ah, you know, it's just a point blank period thing. And just because it might not be you, that doesn't mean that you should be quiet about it. You know, that is something I always have to remind myself. I understand the, um, the fear you can have when it comes to speaking up, speaking out, it can just be easier just to be quiet. It can be easier to just go along with it. But I mean, I, I just always put myself in that situation because I have, you know, <laughs> I stick in my skin and I go, no, I get it. I know exactly how this goes. And I know if it's not going to be them on a chopping block, it could easily be me or someone like me. Like it, it always comes down to this because it's always the other. And it's always like, oh, we're going to press them to make our points and, get our votes and yada, 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 have the power. Like, and it's all a bunch of people who really don't care about anyone other than themselves. Um, but yeah, I hate to end on like a sombering sad note, but, uh, that's really all we got. Um, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you'd like to support the podcast, I do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash Isaiah news. $5 a month gets you bonus access to extra episodes. I do one a week. Also, Discord access, but that's free. You just got to find me, and I'll give that to you. Hit you up with that link. Then being a newsie also gets you a roll call shout-out at the beginning of the month. And I will shout you out. I will plug whatever you're doing, little things you're working on, little thing. Dude, I'll do that little podcast, little little YouTube thing you do, little content, I, I'll talk about that, whatever. And or I prioritize some news that maybe you want me to cover. Um, but generally, I am a news hound. You throw some news at me, I'm going to catch it. I'm going to talk about it. If, you, know, you know, or I'll talk to you about it. You know, hey, I love talking about news. I love chopping it up about that kind of shit. Uh, that being said, free ways to hit me up, gmail.com, uh, IsaiahNews1 at gmail.com. There you go. And uh, Facebook, Twitter, all those kind of socials. Um, so, yeah, that's all I got. Hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah. Mm-hmm.